Yeah, so if you're a children's church member, go ahead and head downstairs to the children's church. And for the rest of you adults who act like children, you're with me. All right, so go ahead and open up to the book of Luke. I am super excited this morning, um, mainly because this is a hard text to grasp, okay? Um, matter of fact, this week I have changed my sermon about three different times. Um, one of them being last night about 10 o'clock where I deleted the entire sermon and started over. And so I'm pumped up. I'm fired up. Y'all just need to get on the same page as me this morning. Amen? I need y'all to say this with me. Come on. Thank you. Here we go. So open up to Luke chapter 6. And and what is going to happen here is Jesus, what he's going to do over and over again as he's going through his ministry, he's going to come into um, the culture and engage it by flipping their mindsets upside down. Um, They they believe that um, the culture believed that, you know, because of their um, self-righteousness, the things that they did in the churches or their ethnicity brought them forgiveness and righteousness. And Jesus comes in and goes, no, 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 no. This is how it really is. And, and so what we're going to see today is Jesus fully engaging the culture with our mindset and how we believe um, blessed people are versus how we believe cursed people are. How many of you want to be someone who's blessed? Raise your hand. All right. Yeah. How many of you want to be cursed? Raise your hand. Okay, that's what I thought, right? And so what we need to do, Jesus talks a lot about this. And and what we're about to go over is um, it's the Sermon on the Plain. How many of you heard of the Sermon on the Mount? Right, that's in Matthew chapter 5. And we'll be kind of hitting that a little bit. But this is Luke's version of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Some people believe that it's the same message at a different place. Some people believe it's two different sermons. I don't care. This is Jesus' teachings, and we're going to learn from it, and we're going to grow from it, and it's probably going to hurt some of us. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up. Y'all ready? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just praise you for how good you are. Lord, we feel you here, God. We feel your presence. We feel your power. But Jesus, we want more. Jesus, we don't want to settle for just the surface level of, of knowing you. We want to know you more. And we want to know you more because we need you more, God. Jesus, I pray as we go through this message that you preach, that your words would just jump out, transform our hearts, that we would not leave here unchanged, but we would be transformed by your word. Spirit, I pray that you interpret these things, make them easy for us to understand so that we can live them out, God. And Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here that's hiding their brokenness, hiding their messiness, that they would stop and just turn to you. God, we love you. Just son's name we pray. Amen. So as we read this, we need to figure out, right, where you are. Okay, are, are, are you on the scale of this is blessed over here and this is cursed over here? Where are you falling in line, right? This word that we're going to see over and over is Jesus is going to say, blessed is the person, blessed is this, blessed is this. And then he's going to say things like, woe is the person or woe is this, woe is this. That word blessed, that Greek word is happiness. So on the scale from happiness to woe being cursing, where do you fall in your life? Right. And so y'all, y'all just be um, aware of that. Right. So Luke chapter six, verse 20. All right. This is Jesus. Right. He lifted up his eyes on the disciples and said, OK, blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now for you shall laugh. 
Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, rival you, spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of the Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. Verse 24. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you who, um, when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Okay, so just reading that firsthand, not digging into it, not really studying up on what it means. You would think Jesus is full-blown crazy, right? In California, we call him a kook, right? Because nobody believes that poor people are the blessed ones and rich people are the cursed ones, right? If you watch any Dr. Phil show, any Oprah episode, Every story comes on that TV shows, right, are people who started here and have made their way here. They were poor and they worked their way up. Now they got a lot of money, right? They were out in the streets, strung out on whatever. Now they're up here. They pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, started from the bottom. Now we're here, right? And if you're laughing at that, I know why you're laughing at that because you know the song reference and I appreciate you laughing, right? But anyways, that's not what the world says. I mean, the world believes the poor, right? No one's going to say, blessed are the poor people. Blessed are people who are starving, right? And so Jesus, what he's doing, he's coming in. And he goes, no, no, no. This is actually how it is. When Jesus spoke, when he taught, he taught with such authority that it marveled everybody. So it wasn't like Jesus came into the scene and goes, hey, I really hope that one day poor people are going to be blessed. Right? That's not what Jesus said. This is how it is. Blessed are the poor. And th- this, is, this is how the universe works, right? He, he'll go on to say things like, uh, the first shall be last, right? And so Jesus comes in, and, and this whole mindset that the world has, he's just like, no, 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 the, the kingdom mindset is this, right? I'm, I'm telling you, this is what's going on, right? And, and so let's, let's dig into this upside-down, kooky kingdom mindset, right? So verse 20. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom. In verse 24, But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Okay, so first of all, um, Luke and Matthew, um, same kind of message going on here. Luke is a little more focused on the social settings, right? So he's talking, yes, literally those who are poor is blessed because the kingdom is yours, right? And so when I'm talking about poor here, I'm not talking about, um, right, because... I'm not talking about you barely have enough to pay your bills because you bought a brand new TV, okay? I'm not talking about, I'm talking about straight poverty, okay? I know what it's like to, my mom used to buy the 80-pound box of um, powder laundry detergent. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like 20 bucks, you get 80 pounds of it. That stuff was our laundry soap, our bath soap, our dish soap, right? And sometimes she even threatened to put it in our mouth, right? And so I know what it's like to sometimes you eat your cereal with the fork to save the milk, right? I'm not talking about you just scraping by. I'm talking the literally poverty. Poverty stricken people, blessed are them because they know, man, I don't have any. And Jesus said, no, no, the kingdom is yours. Right? And that's a, that's a great news for, for those of us in, that, that are struggling with that. Man, Jesus cares about 
Jesus cares about the poor. But I think what he's doing here, he's getting a little more um, deeper than that. So in order for us to understand what he's doing, sometimes we, when we read scripture, we have to read some more scripture to figure out this scripture. Right. And so Matthew, Jesus says the same thing in that sermon. He said, blessed are the poor. But he said, poor in what? In spirit. Poor in spirit. Okay, and so this main point, the poor in spirit, what that means is that those people who are blessed, the poor in spirit, those are the humble people. Those are the people who uh, are poor in spirit. They have this understanding, this mindset of who they are. They know that they are low, down, dirty sinners. They know exactly who they are. They know that they have messed up, that they have a dark, dark past that comes with a lot of baggage. Right? There's no shame. They know I am messed up. I'm dirty. I can't get it right. They're poor in spirit. They know that they have nothing to offer up to God that makes God want to go. I'll exchange that goodness for my mercy. Right? Matter of fact, that's the opposite. God goes, I'll exchange my mercy for your wickedness. I'll exchange my son for your sin. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I want you to think about this. Even Paul, right? The Apostle Paul who said, man, I have every, if anyone has a right to boast, it's me. I'm the Hebrews of you, the Jews of Jews, right? I'm better than all of you, but I'm the least of these. I, I, I consider myself, not, I mean, I am the least of all the apostles and all of the saints. So being poor in spirit means to have this mindset and acknowledge that God is great. Amen. And we are low. Being poor in spirit means that we acknowledge that God is holy and we are dirty. Being poor in the spirit means that we acknowledge that God is powerful and we are weak. Being poor in spirit means that we acknowledge that God is all and we are nothing. God is creator. We are creation. There's a line there. We are the created, not the creator. And so being this poor in spirit is, is you know, the poor in spirit. I love these people, right? And I, and I strive to be like this. It's hard to be like this, right? It's hard to, to just constantly acknowledge of how weak we are. But poor people in spirit, they, they don't have a stance or stance to, to brag about their goodness. They have nowhere to stand saying, okay, I'm bad, but I do this well. Poor in spirit people just know I am messed up. I'm messy. I love them. There's nothing fake about them. There's no mask. I am messy. And they can't rely on their own righteousness. And so what happens is when you're poor in the spirit, you rely so much more on God and his grace and his mercy and on Jesus and his full-blown scale resume of perfection. Only when you're poor in spirit do you rely on that. You guys with me? I don't know. This is good. Jesus says, though, cursed to those who are rich. Right? Cursed are those who are rich. Cursed are those who have plenty of money because they rely more on their own provision. Their own income, their own materials to provide for themselves rather than depending on God to give them exactly what they need. Woe to them who are rich. Cursed are those who are rich and have this mindset that because of their good deeds, God is okay with them. 
cursed are they? Like I said, it's not just some kind of exchanging goodness for God's righteousness, right? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, that's a wonder verse that these kids just learned. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourself. So no one can do what? Boast. Woe to you who are rich, who, who you depend on yourself. But blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Jesus comes in and he calls the low, the messy, broken, dirty people blessed because they know deeply that they need Jesus Christ. Pharisees hated this, right? We're following Jesus' life. If you've been walking with us for the past several weeks, we've been in Luke for like five years now, right? Um, when you look through Jesus' life, every time Jesus said something, the Pharisees hated it. And they specifically hated this because they were really, really good at following the law. And, and so I want to be clear because I, I might have um, misled some of you guys. The Pharisees, I, I give them a hard time, but they were super devoted. You would not find anyone more disciplined in reading God's law and following it. But where they failed and where they're messed up at is they have a wrong attitude, wrong mindset, wrong heart motive of following the law. They're following the law to go, God, look, I'm doing this. You have to give me something now. Rather than we acknowledging who we are, who God is, Him forgiving us, us experiencing that forgiveness and going, okay, now I'm, I'm, I have no other option but to follow the law. I'm going to follow you. So I want to clear that up. Don't, so here, here's what's going on. Don't hide your messiness. Especially in this church. I, I want this church to create a culture that's full of messy people. Okay? I'd much rather have a dysfunctional family than a family who has dysfunctions and hides it. That's what I grew up in, right? I grew up, we were dysfunctional, but it was fun. Dysfunctional, right? It was, it was constant chaos. Everyone yelling, screaming at each other, but it was not fake. How many of you grew up in the opposite to where there's family issues, everyone goes, shuts their doors, and never talk about it? Raise your hand, right? I, this church, I want to build a culture because this is the culture that Jesus loves. This is the culture that's blessed. Messy, dirty, dysfunctional people Coming and saying, I need Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Why? Because nothing but love, grace, mercy is waiting for you. Don't hide your messiness when you come to Jesus. Bring it to Him. He says, the kingdom is yours. And I could go, I can preach. Let's go. We want to talk about the kingdom. Y'all got mad at me the other day for going about an hour over. Look and play. Y'all just go to my wife's Sunday school class. They're doing some kingdom work right now. Right? But the kingdom of God, blessed are the poor speak, the kingdom is yours. Come on. Verse 21. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Now scroll down, verse 25. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Okay, so I think Jesus is talking a little bit more than just food, right? Uh, I mean, really, he, he, like I said, he cares for those who are starving. He cares for those in poverty. But he's going deeper. So Matthew says, blessed are the, those who hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. Jesus, man, he's getting something deep here. 
What he's doing is he's going directly and relentlessly over and over again towards the heart of man. And so what I want you to see is this progression that's taking place. The first progression. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Why? Because their mindset says, I'm dirty. I need Jesus. Then he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because they have this mindset of, I want to follow Jesus, but I just can't get it right. I, I, I want to follow Jesus, but I, I, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. How many of you have been there? This is a perfect spot to stay in. I'm telling you that this, this hunger, this thirsting for Jesus. Jesus is calling us not to settle for this basic head knowledge of who God is and who he is. He wants us to strive to know him personally. To know him in all aspects of our life. As a deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. We sang about it this morning. Jesus is gone. Believers, if, if you want to be blessed, raise your hand. You want to be blessed, not cursed. Raise your hand. Let me see. Those of you who don't have your hand up, there's something wrong with you. Right? I'll come and curse you out if you want. To be blessed, to have this happiness. That's that word translated. Happiness, right? We must have a true desire to chase after righteousness that comes with Jesus. I mean, think about that. This, to have this new mindset of, Jesus, please, I need more of your grace. I need more of your mercy. I need more of your guidance. Jesus, please, I want you. This is the mindset, right? Think about that. How many of you have actually been hungry before? I'm not talking about right now because you didn't get breakfast. I'm talking not had food in a long time. And your body is telling you, I'm dying. I need food. How many of you have been dehydrated to the point of you're passing out? I need something to drink. This is the same attitude, the same craving. that It goes deeper than just, I just want something to eat. It's a, I, if I don't get water in my body, if I don't get food in my body, I'm going to die. This is the same attitude, same emotion, same feeling that we should be having as we think about Jesus Christ. If I don't have more of him, I'm surely going to die. Jesus, if you don't give me more grace, I'm surely going to fail. If you don't give me more power, I'm going to fall to temptation. Jesus, I need you. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness. Why? Because he said you will be blessed. You will be satisfied. What that means is if you seek Jesus, listen to me, if you seek Jesus, he will find you. Do you hear me? When you seek Jesus, you get what you're looking for. You'll be satisfied. Think about this. When you seek Him, you get His grace, His joy, His peace, all these things that y'all were proclaiming this morning, right? His Spirit finds you, and Jesus said, you will be satisfied. Think about Jesus' teachings, right? When you read the Word, think about all of that you've, you've learned in Sunday school class. Think about this. Jesus stood to a woman at the well who was thirsty for more than just water, right? Jesus says, man, if you drink from this water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink from my water, that living water, that holy water, right? That good water, you'll never what? I can imagine that tastes better than Red Bull. Amen? (laughs) You'll never thirst again. Hunger for righteousness. Hunger for more grace. Hunger to live a life for Jesus. 
But Jesus said, Cursed are you who turn to material things to fill you. Cursed are you who look to the world to satisfy you. Cursed are you who find satisfaction in anything but Jesus Christ. Whew. That's a hard one. That, that made me delete a few sermons this week. Because that's one of the easiest things that we do. Is look to something other than Jesus Christ. Cursed are you who find satisfaction in anything but Jesus. Why? Because look, it's going to fail you time and time and time again. Like the man who built his house in his hand, the winds come, the waters rose, beat upon the house, the thing fell, and the fall was great. The man who built his house on solid rock, man. Whew. That bad boy is still standing, amen? amen? Okay, 21. So blessed are you who are hungry now, for you should be satisfied. But then 21, it says, Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. And then go down to 25, the second part of it. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Okay, absolutely, yes. Jesus is talking about those who are literally mourning. Those of us in here that are going through hard times, that's causing us to grieve and feel pain, whether that's losing a loved one or, or the loss of something, right? Jesus absolutely cares for you. But he's going deeper here, okay? When he's saying, those of you who weep spiritually, what Jesus is talking about is the person who looks at their heart, okay? Y'all listen. Takes the time out of their day to put their phones down, turn the TV off, silence themselves, look inside of who they are, what they've been doing, and go, I'm sinful. And they mourn and weep over their sin. This is what this is talking about. <laughs> Y'all don't like this, do you? Remember this progression. Poor in spirit. They have the mindset. I am no one without Christ. I'm messy. I'm broken. I'm dirty. Then hunger and thirst for righteousness. They're blessed. Why? Because they know, man, I need more of Jesus. They want to strive to live for him. Now Jesus is going, blessed are you who weep and mourn over your own sin. And these people are blessed. Uh, they're the blessed ones because they actually look at their hearts and say, look, this sin in my life is offending God. And they weep over the fact that they have offended the king of heaven. Well, that's hard. That's hard. They acknowledge their failures. That requires you to look and go, I'm backsliding in this. And what that does when you do that and why you're blessed is because it causes you to repent. To go, this is offending God. I'm turning from it. This is in my life and God's not pleased with it. I don't want it in my life anymore. And you weep and you mourn over it. That's exactly, this is repentance. Turning away from someone. So what Jesus is saying is, blessed is the man who lives a life of repentance. A full lifetime of repentance. Not just a one time when I was young, said this prayer, and then did what I wanted after it. A lifetime of repentance. And this is what um, I have a hard time with with some churches, okay? Not my church, right? Not, not this one, right? <laughs> well, we would never do this here, right? 
<laughs> Here's generally what happens in churches, okay? Um, a, a young man or young woman comes, and, and they, the, the step of progression on the center, I need Jesus, I need Jesus, I need Jesus. They come forward, they get saved, right? They surrender their life. Pastor dunks them in the water like a donut, right? Picks them up. He comes out of the water, and he's excited, right? And if you guys remember when you were baptized, right? I was pumped up, fired up, had no idea what was going on. I just knew I wanted to follow Jesus. Don McIntyre held me down for about 10 minutes, it felt like. But I came up, I was like, I'm ready, I want to go. Right? But what happens is the church, not our church, but the church, right? What they do is they fail to tell these young men and women how real temptation and failure and sin is. And so what happens is these young men and women, they grow up struggling, struggling with sin, hurting. I want to follow Jesus, but this just keeps happening. I just keep falling to this. And, but when they come into the church, right, not this one, obviously, right? When they, when they come into the church, they look around and everybody seems to be okay. Everyone seems like they're, they got it made. Everyone seems like they don't struggle. Everyone seems like life's perfect. And so what does this kid do? He looks around and goes, man, something didn't happen correctly with me, obviously, because I'm struggling. They're all smiling. And so what happens? He gets baptized again. And again, and again, and again. Then he goes to that church and gets baptized again and again and again. And hopefully this time it sticks. <laughs> Y'all don't see this? Or am I the only one seeing this? And it all happens because people, we fail to acknowledge the areas in our life that we're struggling. That we're literally just struggling. Jesus said, cursed are you who hide your sin and put on this mask and laugh. Everything's good. How are you? That's why when you guys ask me, Donnie, how are you doing? I'm trying. I'm trying. This week, man, I, let me be honest. Like, I, I literally struggled this week. I, three times I said, God, I don't, know, I don't know what you want me to teach. I don't, I don't want to live this out and teach it and practice what I preach. This is hard. Don't, but cursed are you who laugh and look, put on this mask. Why? Those who don't acknowledge your sin and don't repent. Why? Because you will pay the wages of your own sin that you're hiding. You laugh now, but you say, you're going to mourn later. If you, and look at scripture. Anytime it talks about hell, man, it's a gashing and gnawing your teeth and just never ending this destruction on your body, wanting to. Because God, just kill me now so I don't have to feel this pain and suffering anymore. And you can't find relief in hell. It's a never-ending pain. You laugh now and you hide your sin and you stand behind the mask. You will mourn later for eternity. Mm. Blessed are those who know that this whole... Christian walk is not about being perfect. It's about being perfected. Y'all hear me? Amen. You don't have to be perfect to come to Christ. It's this process that takes a long time. We're going to fail. right? The blessing comes to the Christian who lives a life of repentance and Jesus promises them that they will have life. You will laugh. You will have joy when you repent and turn to Jesus every single time. No matter the circumstance around you. They will be comforted. He said. When they die and they get to the great kingdom of God. They will see that this eternal happiness from God's kingdom is full in heaven. 
That every tear that they cried over their own sin, every tear that you cried here on earth, for whatever reason, you get to heaven, it's wiped away. You're blessed. But cursed are you who hide that sin. And so this worldly mindset says this, this is what it is. It's saying, have sorrow, right? Man, I've messed up. I wish I didn't do that. Okay? That's called regret. And regret changes nothing. Y'all hear me? That's just regret. Okay? Man, I, I wish I didn't do that. And then you regret it, you regret it, and then do it again. Man, I wish I didn't do that. I've been there many times with my sin. How many of you have been there? Regret changes nothing. But the kingdom mindset says, man, you come and you acknowledge. You have this godly sorrow. Hate your sin. And and so it looks like this. I see, God, my sin. I acknowledge this is what I'm doing. I've offended you. So, God, I'm submitting my life back to you. And that leads to repentance. And repentance leads to hearts being transformed. Repentance leads to you striving for that righteousness and you finding it. Repentance leads to God's power fully embracing you and giving you courage to walk away from whatever it is you're mourning over. Uh, and so the best way I can break this down, um, <laughs> the book of Ecclesiastes, right? Literally says, only a fool lasts when he's on fire. <laughs> only a fool lasts when he's on fire. So the people who say, the Bible's not real, only a fool lasts when he's on fire. I love this cross little reference I found, right? When I saw this this week, I just like, man, this is perfect. Because what it's talking about is people whose lives are falling apart. People who are currently right now have no idea how they're holding themselves together. The world is crashing down, right? What Jesus is saying, if you want to be cursed, go ahead and say, I'm not on fire when your world is in destruction and chaos. But blessed are you who go, Jesus, I'm on fire. I don't know what to do. I can't go on anymore. Jesus, I need you. That's when you find the blessing. That's when you find the comfort that only comes from Jesus Christ. Hmm. These little hand grenades that Jesus is throwing, out of, throwing at us is not fun, right? Hmm. Last one. Y'all with me? Verse 22. I love this one. Okay. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, rival you, spurn your name on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day. Here's the, here's the promise, the blessing. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. Now go down to verse 26. Cursed are you, woe to you, when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets, right? And so, so here, here's what's going on, okay? Blessed are, uh, blessed are you when people hate you, exclude you. I'd rather be hated than excluded, right? I have FOMO, fear of missing out, right? <laughs> if my friends do something without me, my family goes on vacation. Right now, my family is in San Diego at the beach. I'm like, cool invite, you know? And so, but anyways, bless that's just me. But bless, bless are you when people hate you, exclude you, talk bad about you on account of the Son of Man. So what this isn't saying, okay, and, and I'm not saying this is you in here, but some of you, okay, who were born a natural jerk, okay, who are naturally negative, hate life, always rude and arrogant, 
This is not talking about you. So you can't go, everyone hates me. I'm being persecuted. No, you're just a jerk and everyone hates you, right? And so I'm not, that's not anyone in here, okay? If, if you feel convicted, that's on you, right? Well, what this is saying is, these are people who are being persecuted for being someone who has gone from a sinner in the world who walked, talked, and looked and lived like a sinner in this world until they saw who they were and saw that they needed Jesus Christ. And then that person, seeing who they are, seeing who Jesus is, came to him, repented of their sins, and now is trying to strive to live a life that's holy and pleasing to God. And so that person, what happens is they start being transformed because of their hunger for righteousness and their speech starts to change, right? How many of you have been in that boat, right? You'd be surprised some of the words that used to come out of your pastor's mouth, right? And so their words start to change. Their mindset starts to shift. And then all of a sudden their worldly family or their worldly friends, the people who are not Christians, they're starting to notice them um, a little differently. Now all of a sudden, and I'm sure some of you have experienced this, I hope so. Now all of a sudden, their friends and people start seeing them serve other people. Loving other people. Here's a crazy one. They're forgiving people. Right? Here's another crazy one. They're, they're reaching out to other people, trying to bring them into this whole Jesus thing. Right? Is it, how many of you have experienced, right? You, you feel all of a sudden, their people start saying weird things like, oh, here comes Donnie. Right? Here's what's funny. Okay? Being a pastor is awesome. I love it. Okay, but when I go home, and some, or even here, someone, if I'm out um, at Walmart, at the skate park, I love at the skate park, um, when I'm out talking to people, I'm at home, somebody, you know, the, the first question when you meet someone is, what do you do, right? And I'm always like, oh, here we go, right? <laughs> well, Donnie, what do you do, man? Oh, man, I'm a pastor. And no lie, this is what happens. Cool. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they stop cussing around me, start... The, you know, straighten up a little bit, and I stop getting invited to do things with them, right? Just, it just, whatever, it happens, right? But here, here's what's going on. They, they see you changing, and, and they start hating you, calling you names, despising you. If that's you, congratulations. The Spirit of God is transforming you into a way that is visible and is on display and is light and salt to this earth. Leap for joy. That's exactly what this is saying. But cursed are you if everyone loves you. Why? Because when everyone loves you, you're you're just lying to them and lying to yourself about who you really are. Cursed are you. This persecution only is blessed when it's coming from being fully devoted to Jesus Christ. It's not... Listen, this is, this is what it is, okay? These are people who are martyred for their faith. Literally killed for believing in Jesus Christ. Today, that happens. There's Christians all over this world in areas of the world that they hate Jesus, hate our faith, and they're there serving underground. Do you guys realize that? And when they come home, they can't even say their real name in public or where they live or where they're serving because if someone finds out, when they go home, there's a sword waiting for their head. That's persecution. Not, oh, someone's kneeling during the anthem, and now, oh, they're persecuting our faith. That's not what that is. 
It's not I went to knock on someone's door to tell them about Jesus and they shut the door. That's not persecution. That's a promise. Jesus said a servant is not above his master. If they hate me, they're going to hate you even more. That's persecution. Being martyred, tested for your faith. Blessed are those who are hated, killed, martyred for living out the gospel in the broken culture. Don't be surprised that our culture is broken. Don't think that's persecution. That's called mission field. Let's not run from those things. Let's run into them. Let's see Christians run. I mean, if they were cheap, I'd do it. (laughs) Running to those stadiums going, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Being persecuted for faith. Look at Stephen in the Bible. My God. Stood for in early, early church. I'm talking early. Jesus is in heaven, sitting on the throne. Stephen is proclaiming the good news. They're telling him, Stephen, shut up. I can't. I can't stop talking about Jesus. And they drag him out, pick up rocks and boulders and throw them at him until he dies. And as he's getting pelted with rocks for believing and taking a stand for Jesus, he looks up and sees Jesus Christ. The heavens are opened up and he's not sitting down in his usual spot where he deserves to be doing. What is Jesus doing? He's standing, looking at his servant who's being martyred for his faith. That is persecution. But cursed are those who are loved by everyone who's popular. Why? I believe our president says they're fake news. They're fake. Old Testament prophets, Jesus saying, man, think about the Old Testament prophets. The the prophets would be sent. God would send them, hey, you're going to go give this message to this town. If they don't repent, stop doing what they're doing, I'm going to literally destroy that entire town. So here comes these prophets. Guys, stop. God's going to kill every single one of you, right? Nobody wants to hear that, right? No, so they hated the prophets. They hated everything. They wanted to kill them. You're all crazy. But here comes these false prophets. Comes in with these tickling words for your ears. Hey guys, don't worry about that. Look, if you come follow my God, you're good. Don't worry about it. Well, here comes some preachers, right, in today's age. Hey, look, yeah, you can, yeah, that's not a sin. Marriage marriage can be different. Marriage is not just man and woman. You can be man and man. Yeah, Jesus isn't the only way to heaven. We can coexist. Cursed are you who are loved by everyone. But blessed are you when you live out the gospel and are persecuted just like Jesus Christ was. Y'all with me? So, so this, is, this, is what, this is what things are, okay? This is, this is the way things are. Right here. The blessed people are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are persecuted. But woe is you who are cursed, who are rich, who are full, who laugh while you're on fire, and who are loved by everyone. Cursed. Do you see what Jesus is trying to do here? Y'all see it. Are you seeing what I'm seeing here? He's trying to get you outside of how you think the universe around you spins. He's trying to get you to see exactly where you are. So that, here's the question that we have to deal with. Right? We asked in the beginning. We have to deal with this question. Where are you? Where are you? Not where's your family. Okay? Not where's the church. Not where is your friend. Where are you? 
Are you blessed? Are you happy? Or do you have joy overflowing? Yeah. Are you self-sustained? Are you um, relying on your own income? Are you blessed? Are you cursed? Where are you? And, and here's the deal. I don't think you can just come up with an answer today. Maybe some of it's obvious. Maybe you, some of you, you yeah, I, this is, I need to work on this. But what this requires is you literally sitting down and just examining your heart. And, and so here's what I want us to do. Just close your eyes. Bow your head, close your eyes. I just want, us to, I just want you to take a second. Just, just stop in, in the silence, no cell phone. Just examine your heart. Blessed, happy, full of life are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who mourn, for one day they're going to laugh, being set free from whatever's holding you captive. Blessed are those of you who mourn, because you will laugh. Blessed are the ones who know Jesus in such a way that it is transformed and changed them to the point where they're being excluded and hated. Not because of arrogance, but because of Jesus. But cursed are you who are self-sufficient. Cursed are you who are proud of your religious actions. Cursed are you who have figured it all out. Cursed are you who've got it all right. For you have exactly what you have. And cursed are you who are full. Full but starving. That's a horrible place to be. And cursed are you who laugh while your soul and life are on fire. Cursed are you who are loved by all because you have compromised your faith and have not been transformed very much by Jesus. Y'all look at me. The good news in all of this. Listen to me. The good news in all of this. I know it's heavy. But the good news in all of this is that Christ and His grace and His love and His mercy and His righteousness covers all of our failures. All of it. Because if we're honest, some of us in here today are at this point where I'm not hungry, but I want to be. Donnie, I'm comfortable. I'm complacent. I'm relying on myself, but I want more of Jesus. You don't have to raise your hand, but I know for a fact there's a lot of us in here. And this whole Christian life is a life of repenting, a life of turning back to Jesus. And every time you turn back to Jesus, you uncover your messiness, you take off your mask, the kingdom of God is waiting for you. So here, here's what we're going to do. We're, I'm going to pray. And I, I don't know where you're at. Okay, Half the time I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> But what's going to happen is we're going to sing. We're going to have some music going. If God is dealing with something in your heart, 
come receive the blessing that he's trying to give you. If your world is on fire, this is a great place to come. Right at the altar, right at the feet of Jesus. If you need to um, enter a relationship with Jesus, remember, guys, bring your baggage. Jesus is waiting. Uh, the altar's here. If you need to come pray, come pray. I'm going to be standing right here. If you need to make a decision, if you want to join the church, what, uh, you want to rededicate your life, whatever, I'd love to talk to you. But I think we just need to come to the altar and pray. So uh, go ahead and stand and close your eyes and I'll pray.